Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. It is so great to have you back this week. The sun is shining apart from that one weird rain day, which my husband was happy about because he said that the garden needed it. So, whatever. I hope that your gardens got what they needed as well. I'm going to be divorcing my husband, probably because I learned last night that he is a dangerous psycho. He put on the film The Revenant on purpose. He wanted to watch that. Um, If you haven't heard of The Revenant, congratulations. I don't watch any films that are considered good by tastemakers. Oscars season is a very confusing time for me. I don't watch anything that's going to make me sad. Why would I? Like, look around. Things can make you sad. I prefer not to feel that way. The Revenant from what I could gather, because I was working on something else and kind of watching it over my shoulder, trying not to watch it, but we sleep in the same bed and we have this television that pops up now from the foot of the bed. It's great, usually, when the Kardashians are on it. But the Revenant, fuck me, now he started mowing the lawn. Can you hear that? I've closed the window. Anyway, the Revenant stars serial 21-year-old girl dater Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a formidable actor. I think even I have loved him in lots of things that I have seen. But The Revenant is not one of the things that I can manage. So he's like a frontierman with other frontiermen. And they come to Canada to do all the evil things that we know transpired. And there's just years, decades of, um, what do we call these type of things now, conflict between the indigenous populations and these frontiermen who have American accents, whatever. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I don't think they're British. But there's fighting and violence and really sad family loss. And then there's a giant bear who attacks Leonardo DiCaprio, which, uh, I mean, I'm going to love that more than most, but I still hated it. I had heard through the grapevine that the bear sexually assaulted him. That's what I've thought for the last two years. I can confirm if you heard the same rumor. The bear does not sexually assault him. She is a mother bear and she fights him and like loses. Spoiler alert. I'm Canadian. You know, we've all been to northern Alberta. You don't win a fight against a bear. So the film lost me, but I don't I don't know who sits at home and writes this shit. Who's like, oh, I know how people would like to feel. 
hey, let's drag them to the brink in every single aspect of sadness and fear and really threaten what they hold most dear in life. And that'll be a great cinematic masterpiece. Everyone's going to love it. Bobby says he likes films like this because uh, he finds, I think, an emotional purge. And then also he goes, oh, well, you know, people watch this and they'll feel more grateful for what they have in their own life. No, why aren't people grateful already? I don't need to watch a bear maul Leonardo DiCaprio to go, I mean, it helps, but to go, oh, I'm really grateful for my life. I need everyone now to bathe in gratitude, lean up to the sun and go, I'm grateful for my life. You don't have to feel horrible. I'm going to feel sad now for a month just because of the little glimpses of The Revenant that I saw. He plans on finishing it tonight. I will go sleep in the spare room. There's the fucking lawnmower again. I'm not sure if you saw, but last week Canada was horrified by the discovery of the remains of hundreds of children underneath a residential school uh, buried there. There are tons of ways to enact a genocide. But one of the things that was done to the indigenous populations in Canada when people came over is, yes, they would kill them and do terrible things like that. But there was a cultural genocide, a real pointed, no, you cannot have this heritage anymore. We're going to whitewash you, anglify you, save you, send you to these schools, take you away from your parents, teach you English, make you forget about your culture. So there's a cultural genocide element of it as well. And um, we know that this continued to happen up until very, very recently. Canada has, uh, everyone thinks, oh, what a great country. Canada's friendly. Canada's perfect. We have some seedy underbelly of things that went on. There are still many missing Indigenous women that I don't think our government is putting forth the kind of effort that they should to find. There's a very prolific serial killer called Robert Picton, who's jailed for life or at least deceased. He murdered more women than Ted Bundy did. And because they were Indigenous and because they were disenfranchised, police just didn't believe them, didn't look for them. It's a terrible story if you want to... If you like true crime, and there are many podcasts about Robert Picton. And yeah, of course, when you take these kids away from their families and put them in residential schools, it sounds like very Irish with the Magdala laundries and things. They're abused. Terrible things went on. And I just don't understand why anyone's shocked. And this is one school. 215 bodies. This is one residential school of many residential schools. I personally know someone whom I love very much, who was adopted by a white family, taken from an indigenous family, and they don't really know the circumstances of that adoption. Um, And I know that governments send a message to its citizens that we're helping. Historically, every time something's really bad and really wrong, the citizens were like, oh, well, these children aren't being looked after, so we're going to put them in the residential schools and help them. Oh, these Irish, you know, fallen women, these young mothers... We're going to help them and they'll work in the laundries and their babies will be like, no, all that we can do because we can't turn back the clock. We have to question helping and if what we're doing each time is evil or not. Or you can just trust the government every time they say they're helping. 
In happier news, Harry and Meghan, I'm at, I've heard enough of them. I'm over them. It's too much now. Oh, tired of them. Sick of Harry and Meghan. Shut up. Um, they have had their baby daughter. It's lovely news. And they named her Lilibet Diana Mountbatten Windsor. And so many people are being dicks about it, of course. They're like, what about Doria? I thought they didn't like the royal family. And Doria is the best. Where's her name? She gets better than a name. She is the grandparent who gets access to the baby. She's going to be with this baby, be with her free citizen son-in-law and daughter all the time. And no, I don't think Harry and Meghan like hate the queen or have any bad vibes toward the royal family. They were just in a situation that wasn't right for them and they lacked freedom and authenticity. And I mean, I can relate to that. And if you're in a situation that doesn't make you happy and isn't right for you, you should leave. I don't care if you're royal. I don't care if you're not. Just leave. Go be happy. You get one life. So I love the name. Lilibet is the queen's nickname. I think they love the queen. Who doesn't? And of course, Diana. But I told Violet the baby's name. And she goes, Lilibet, like that song you listen to? And I was like, what song that I listen to? Now you guys know me. I love a bit of hip hop. I listen to it in the car. Violet genuinely thought the baby was named after. And yeah, what I've just done there is a little bit of a copyright uh, issue. But now, anytime I hear that name, that's what I'm going to think of. And I hope that you do too. I mean, I don't want to ruin a baby's name. It's a beautiful name. But (laughs) I grew up with 50 Cent. Like, that was just, I'm sorry. And there are many other songs, actually. Let's have a look. That's what I would be doing this entire Monday. If I was a Radio 1 DJ, I would just be like, all right, here's a big tune that goes out to the new royal baby. Just a whole day of this. Hello, baby. I hope you enjoy being born. You've got an amazing family. You're going to have a great life. This one goes out to you. It's by Drake. Even Drake has a song about this kid. What we've learned here today is that I should be a Radio 1 DJ, and that's it. But what I actually wanted to talk to you about, I mean, the title of the podcast, I didn't want to talk to you about this. It's not great subject matter. I was going to wait until we, you know, finished the journey of expanding our family before mentioning it because I don't like to jinx anything. But I did my first podcast about pregnancy loss. I'm sorry. I know that's triggering for a lot of people, but I also know I have a lot of listeners because of that. So if you're seeking this podcast out and you don't know why I've been talking about Canada and 50 Cent, I'm getting to you now. So I haven't revealed all the details of the last 18 months of my life, but let's just say that when this baby arrives, I will have pretty much been pregnant for the gestation of a baby elephant a very long time and I've had some setbacks along the way, some loss. And I started thinking, well, I mean, your mind races and you're just like, maybe it's something wrong with me. Maybe it's something that I did. But I kept getting pregnant very easily. You've seen my husband pregnant every time I looked at him. But 
it wasn't really going past a certain stage. And I was like, what the hell? And I spoke to my agent, Kitty, about it, who's also my very good friend, um, I think, though I pay her to be my friend, so probably not. And she has friends with children, and she said, look, I know this doctor, and he specializes in recurring miscarriage. I don't want to say his name or endorse him officially because I just have to give a disclaimer now that I cannot recommend medical advice to you. I am not a medical professional. What I'm talking about in this podcast is not cleared or licensed or fully studied. And privately, like in my own thoughts, I think that this is just a general problem with women's health. I think that to get something funded and studied and approved, you need interest in the subject and you need money And it takes years. And I don't think that enough resources go towards miscarriage, go towards explaining it to us, go toward fixing it. On the NHS, they're lovely. You know, the nurses help you and they're very understanding. But they see it. They were telling me seven, eight, 12 times in people. And the reality is they won't investigate it for you until you've had three Before my first miscarriage in 2020, I believed that a miscarriage was just getting a positive pregnancy test, and then a few days later, you get your period, and that's it. I think a lot of people believe that. I didn't realize how far it could go, how traumatic it could be, that in lockdown, loads of people were having those scans all alone, and loads of partners, because I think about the men too, so don't bother writing me. A lot of the partners were trapped in the parking lot, getting that news via text message in the car. I mean, they will let us go through that life-changing trauma multiple times before even looking at it. And then sometimes they look at it and they go, oh, well, you don't have any chromosomal issues. You don't have any problem. Like, we don't know why it's happening. Oh, well, try again. Try again. Okay, Aaliyah. Try again. It's not Sudoku or a job interview. Like, oh, chin up jolly good try again it's really horrific when it keeps happening and you're chemically trapped by this pregnancy so it's almost impossible to keep living your life but everyone does some people have a really good attitude toward it i had one nurse say to me you know it takes a lot of investment to carry a baby determined to raise that child and your body just knows you know to cut off something that's not viable and it actually does you this evolutionary favor and you know there are lots of ways of looking at it but try again it it could take years to have three miscarriages before anyone tries to help you so there is a man in London maybe there are more than one man but I saw him and if you search recurrent miscarriage Dr. London, I'm sure he will come up. He's also featured in a recent Channel 5 documentary. I've seen lots of articles about him where he has specifically helped. Now, this won't suit everyone, but he has specifically helped women who've had 15, 20 miscarriages due to an overactive autoimmune system. Autoimmune disease is very common in women I would call it common and this can be anything from MS celiac IBS lupus eczema is an autoimmune disease I think asthma is even an autoimmune disease is a whole 
cornucopia of different manifestations of autoimmune, this doctor looks for a heightened number of and activity level of a cell called a natural killer cell. Now, this cell has a bad name. I would rebrand if I was the NK cell. You need these to fight off disease and different things. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to explain this all to you from my perspective. And some of us have an overactivity of these or, you know, some of us have too many of them. He'll do all these tests on you to see. I obviously have lupus. I found out through this doctor that I don't have a necessarily high activity of natural killer cells, but I do have markers for celiac disease. I do have heightened autoimmune things because of lupus. I have high antithyroid antibodies, which are not something that bodes well for pregnancy. But it's all a mystery. And of course, I had Violet 12 years ago. You can also have something called secondary infertility where you start having miscarriages out of nowhere. A lot of people have one healthy child and then they suffer from that. Or, and this is what's so annoying, it could just have been bad luck. This pregnancy could have been the one that worked out regardless if I saw this doctor or not. So there's no proof. This is why I can't endorse it officially. But I want to tell you, if your personality is like mine and you have the financial means, I think there is an opportunity to get referred to him on the NHS. But I'll be honest with you, I went privately and I went right away because I'm a very proactive person. I can't just sit and be passive. I can't do that. Like I'll go crazy. So I was investigating every single thing that I could. I was like, what is doing this? So I went to him and I started on a therapy of blood thinners because I don't have these anticoagulant antibodies that a lot of lupus people have, but that's where your blood is too thick and that can be a cause of miscarriage. I don't have that, but I was still prescribed blood thinners because it can increase endometrial receptivity And then the placenta can implant like really well and really properly with a more rich blood supply. Okay. I already take hydroxychloroquine for lupus, but I doubled how much I was taking with him. I started taking 75 milligrams of aspirin every day. I started taking vitamin D, which I definitely don't get enough of. I don't think a lot of British people get enough vitamin D. It's a controversial vitamin. But it's from the sun, so I imagine you don't get enough of it. And then I started taking steroids as well. Um, Steroids are pretty controversial. I mean, it lowers your, it doesn't lower your immune system. I guess it is an immune system modifier and it kind of calms your immune system, which is not what you want to do in a pandemic. It might leave you more vulnerable to catch other things. But I decided I'm taking everything. The risk is worth the reward. I took everything. And when everyone started being mean to me and calling me fat and saying I'd had filler injected in my face or fat injected in my face, that was from steroids. 10 out of 10 in any other scenario, do not recommend. Steroids will jack you up. And I'm not talking about anabolic steroids that you hear about all the gym people taking in athletics. These are called prednisolone. And they're safe in pregnancy. There are some studies on it. Like you can't take too much. There's a dosage that will be right for you. But I mean, man, 
They will make your face different in three weeks. I will tell you, I'm in my third trimester now. I weigh less than I did at Christmas. How is that possible? I gained a world of water weight and steroid fat all in my face, neck, and arms. And I think everyone's body is beautiful. You can be a variety of shapes, but I've never been misshapen like that. I've never carried like a Christmas ham just in my cheeks. And everyone was so mean about it too, but I was just like, well, I'm going to keep working. This is what I have to do. I do not know if this is the thing that made this pregnancy successful, but this pregnancy thus far has been very successful. So I'm giving you this information because I know that a lot of people will be in a position like I was where they're just desperate to be active about it. They want to do something and they're tired of being told to just be patient and try again. Uh, Bobby was very supportive, but I think that his nature is just to chill out a bit more. He's like, Catherine, you know, these things are sad and they happen and you don't have to be 10 out of 10 going a mile a minute trying to solve this. But I'm glad that I did because I learned so much about my own autoimmune disease that I've had for over a decade that has been mismanaged and misdiagnosed and is an ongoing thing. It doesn't usually cause a lot of problems for me, but I, I love knowing about stuff for myself. And the biggest lesson is that you do have to be your own advocate. You have to seek out this information for yourself. You cannot, and I'm sorry, if you're a doctor, like, thanks for your service, but you cannot trust medical research and the medical community to figure it all out for you because there are other things out there, even things that you can do to improve your own situation that make your chances better. I know more about lupus now than I did then. I know more about celiac now than I did then. And of course, there are other things. You can have a negative blood type that reacts with your partner's positive blood type, and there's an injection for that. You can have um, this uterine scrape where they can also test for something. You know, there are lots of things they can do besides just telling you to try again. Bobby obviously sends his love as well. If you're going through some of the stuff that we went through, he switched from the lawnmower to the weed whacker. So I'm just really grateful to have that noise. Um, I will talk to you about a rheumatologist friend of mine called Maeve Gamble. She is from Sarnia. Um, a lot of my dad's friends' daughters are doctors. It's so great. They write prescriptions. I write dick jokes. Everyone's happy. I can tell you about Maeve because she's very active on social media and she's never treated me. So I don't feel like I need a medical disclaimer. I'm giving any advice. She has never treated me. She's just my friend. But how funny to have a rheumatologist friend who specializes in women's chronic inflammatory disease and lupus. I love just anecdotally talking to her about stuff. She has just um, released a new study. It's how to plan for a safe, healthy pregnancy with a chronic inflammatory condition. And she says it used to be considered implausible or unsafe for a woman with a chronic inflammatory disease to start a family. Now, such an endeavor is more viable than ever before. Maeve shares her expertise a lot, but she also encourages women with chronic inflammatory disease 
to consult with their specialists early to be your own advocate because when you're pregnant a lot of doctors don't even see you till 12 weeks and a lot can happen in that time also your inflammatory disease can get worse in pregnancy all these things that never happened with me but that are very real and can be mediated modified helped so she is Maeve Gamble on Twitter she is Maeve.Gamble on Instagram And I guess I'm just sharing this with you today because I want everyone to have their dreams come true. I don't want you to have trauma. I want you to have a good life. I want you to have all the information available to you. And then you do with it what you want. But I will say when Kitty first mentioned this doctor to me, I had a period of trauma where I was like, this is not my, but I'm so hurt already by autoimmune disease and how like so many doctors get it wrong. And anytime something is not right with me they just go oh probably lupus we don't know like I had trauma about lupus because I've had to figure it out for myself all the way along even during this pregnancy I went to a different doctor like a routine pregnancy doctor and I said is my nose like red my nose has been red for ages I was like this is lupus right and she's like oh yeah but don't worry about lupus you don't have lupus you just have discoid lupus you just have skin lupus And I was like, babe, pick up the chart. I have systemic lupus. (laughs) They just keep getting it wrong. And I know they're busy and I know they're overworked. But when Kitty mentioned this doctor to me, I felt so guilty that maybe my own immune system was hurting these babies. And I had to get over that. And I just had to go and be like, you know what? We'll give it a try. There you go. I wish you the best. Oh my gosh, one last thing, and then we'll get to words from our sponsors. And then, of course, my favorite part, your questions. I have been targeted loads of ads now, lots of fun things like this bed called the Snoo. This is not an ad, but it just looks awesome. Lots of cool baby things. But then a pelvic floor exercise game that I couldn't even believe was real. And I forget the name. But get a shovel and dig this. You put like a wand up your whatever you want to call it in the country that you're in. We like to say foof, fairy in the UK. I think fairy is cute. Whatever. Put it in your like, you put this wand up yourself and then it links to a game on your smartphone and it's a duck who has to live his life and go about the gameplay, collecting coins and avoiding you know, predators, and you squeeze when you want the duck to jump or fly, and then you release when you want him to be running on the ground. So he just runs, and you squeeze to get him to jump up for coins, jump up away from predators, and release. And this is a whole new level of what the fuck. So if that sounds like the game that you'd like to play with your vagina, go ahead. Good for you, not for me. Please enjoy these messages, and when we come back, I'll be reading through your emails. Ooh. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ooh, this one is called Camping with Friends. Catherine, recently, a friend invited me to go camping with him, two other guys, and my best friend. She is a female, as am I. We are all 15, 16. I trust these people because they're my friends, but I ended up not going. Now my friend has organized another camping thing, but he has invited an older guy as well as the original group whom I've only ever met once and I've never had a proper conversation with. It sucks to say, my best friend felt the same, but we don't want to go camping with someone who we've never met. It's an isolated field and I'd be worried something would happen. So we've told our friend this, and now he has to break the news to the older guy that he can't come because we're worried about a minor possibility he might try something. The friend is annoyed with us, but are we in the wrong? Heavy, heavy, layered questions. Well, first of all, you never have to put yourself in a position that makes you uncomfortable, and no one requires your justification for that. You can say, I don't want to go camping because I hate trees. I don't want to go camping because I'm tired. I don't want to go camping. You don't even need the because. You can pull out of any camping expedition as I have done my entire life. I think it's absolutely great that as 15, 16-year-old young women, you followed your intuition, something felt not right or potentially scary or potentially dangerous to you, and you had the confidence just to say no And yeah, maybe it sucks for men that a lot of us have to disengage in overnight isolated activities with them because we've learned to be vigilant and keep ourselves safe in the society that we live in. But that is not your problem to solve. This older boy can write me an email in his own time if he's feeling disenfranchised by your choice not to go camping. The lads can have their camping trip if they want. Your friend can be annoyed with you if he wants to be. But if you really value that relationship, I would say to him, look, I just don't feel comfortable. And I'd appreciate if you respected my boundaries. It's nothing against you. It's nothing against your friend. But it's just the way I feel. And I don't appreciate being pressurized to put myself in a scenario that makes me feel uncomfortable. And that's that. Failing all of this You're 15, 16, you can still always use the excuse, my parents won't let me, I'm not allowed. I hope my daughter uses that till she's blue in the face. Paint me as whatever type of strict, overbearing helicopter psycho that you want. My mom says I'm not allowed. You know my mom, she's crazy. You just tell these boys, Catherine Ryan said I'm not allowed. They can't argue with that. But they shouldn't be arguing with you either. I'm very proud of the stance that you've taken on this camping trip. And I wish you many fun, safe, girly camping trips in the future. And then if these gentlemen want to invite you on a camping trip and you feel safe and you want to go, then that's the one that you'll go on. What the heck? Awkward dad for the kid I tutor. Catherine, I work as a tutor. I recently started with a new student. Last week, I asked for Saturday off for my wedding at the registry office. Oh, congratulations. 
My wedding was postponed due to the pandemic, but my husband and I wanted to do the legal bit just in case we can't have our reception as planned in August. I've been feeling weird about my student's dad. He sits on the stairs with the lights off and watches me teach. I'm pretty sure he thinks I can't see him. I'm fine with parents being in the room when I teach, but it does feel strange when I can't see them. At the end of today's lesson, he asked me if he could chat. He pointed to my stomach and asked if I was pregnant. Firstly, I don't look at all pregnant. Even if he believed I was, I've met him three times, and I wouldn't announce a pregnancy to my closest family until I was showing, let alone a stranger. I can only guess that he assumed, because I was getting married at the registry office, that it maybe it was a shotgun wedding, and he was worried that I was recently married and I must be getting pregnant and then they'd need to get a new tutor. I now feel really self-conscious that my body is being watched by this man. I'm also scared that if I do get pregnant, I'm going to lose work, as they want somebody who can make a long-term commitment. Is it okay to quit this job? The child has obviously done nothing wrong, and I don't want to let him down, but I don't think I can deal with his dad. Welcome to National Day of Women Moderating Their Behavior to Make Men Comfortable. The little boy is fine. You know, obviously it's not the child's fault. But even if this dad asked me if I was pregnant or asked me something about my body and I'd met him three times, that would make me uncomfortable. And then you add the extra element of like hearing him breathe on the stairs watching you teach. Again, like the last email, you don't have to justify the parameters you put in place to feel safe to anyone. Side note, what is wrong with this dad that if he's got time to hang out on the stairs, he can't also be doing homework with his own son? Now, it's very difficult to say, just get rid of this job, get rid of that job. There's been a pandemic. We all need work. I understand that maybe financially you're like, I can't just go pissing away jobs. But this isn't like you're too lazy or it's too far or you don't like doing the work. You love your work. You need to value yourself as an educator and know that lots of kids need tutors right now. They're all so far behind. And they're going to be parents like this one who like can't be fucked to teach them themselves. So you'll get another job. A man is making you feel uncomfortable whatever. It doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter what misunderstanding there was. Put your safety as a top priority and get out of there. I'm going to read this with caution. It is called Sex Toy for Teenage Daughter? Catherine, I'm a single mom of a 15-year-old daughter who came out as gay when she was 10. I split with her father when she was younger than that, and she has had very little contact with him for the past couple of years. Her father, unbeknown to me, was exposing her to very graphic photographs of his models from an early age because he is a photographer. These pictures are pornographic in nature. Well, do you mean these pictures are pornographic in nature or is he like high fashion photography? We'll come back to that. When I split from her father, I recently discovered that he used her as an emotional crutch to deal with his depressive emotions, treating her more like a friend than his young, impressionable daughter. All these issues have recently come to light as she's undergoing therapy for her own depressive thoughts and sensory problems, i.e. she can't listen to people eating. Got it. My daughter and I have what I consider to be a healthy relationship. Recently, she approached me to ask if she would be allowed to buy a more sensitive item online. We have a rule that she can use her own money from a Saturday job to buy stuff online, but we must have full transparency. 
We had a chat about it, and I said I have no problem with her experimenting with her own body. We did not go so far as browsing dildos together, but I gave her a price limit and a few tips. Turned out I need not have bothered as she had done her own research. Nothing more has been discussed. I know the parcel has arrived, but the rest I consider to be none of my business. She's thanked me for being a cool mom, but now I'm having my doubts as to whether I've done the right thing. Do you think I've stepped over the mother friend line myself? I really appreciate your thoughts on this. Oh, oh, so this went in a lot of directions and I wasn't sure. I was like, you bought a sex toy. When I read the title of the email, I thought you just presented a child with a sex toy and that is not what's happened. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. They're going to buy what they're going to buy. It's not a vape pen, which is what they all want when they're 15. I would not allow that. It is a sex toy. Personally, I wouldn't have a problem with that, I don't think. I can't say because I don't have a 15-year-old, but it sounds fine to me. I'm not a professional. I think it's great and everyone's happy. I think boys would learn a lot more about erections and masturbation and all these things in my time as a teenager than girls would. So it's not like you thrust, excuse the verb, this like toy on her. She came to you and you just said, yes, thanks for asking me if you can buy it. You can buy it. Personally, I love it. I think it's fine. Um, The dad and the photographs uh, that are pornography, like if that is porn that he showed her when she was young, then what you need to do is absolutely go to the police or like child services. And one would think that if your daughter is getting treatment uh, in therapy for depression and sensory problems, that maybe I would try to discuss that with the therapist or maybe the therapist would flag that if they know about it. Uh, I can absolutely tell you that if anyone was showing violet pornographic images under the age of 10, that person would be in the Thames. So I'm really sorry that you were married to this person, and I'm glad that you're a single mom now. Um, Don't put his actions, like mix them around with your own. I think you've been very body positive from my perspective. And if I'm reading your email correctly, I think he needs to be in jail. Oh my gosh, people who are pregnant ask me for advice and I'm going to read this email and find out what's going on but your pregnancy is your business your decision I'm going to read this out so that you can hear your words back to you okay but this is you talking to you making a decision for you Catherine I am torn I did a pregnancy test well two yesterday and I found out that I am pregnant I'm not with the father. We were never together, but we've had on-off hookups for about a year, and now he's seeing someone new. I told him last night, and he was gentle, nice, and calm, but he wasn't thrilled, and understandably, he doesn't know if he would or wouldn't commit to involvement in the baby's life should I choose to progress with the pregnancy. I'm 25. I live alone in a rented one-bed flat, and I have a good job and a stable income and the most amazing support network of friends and family. I think I could do it alone, but is it selfish of me to impose that on his life and potentially his new woman? Or maybe it's selfish of me to bring a child into the world knowing their dad might not want involvement with them. Abortion is an option, but I had a very traumatic abortion age 17 and I'm still getting cognitive behavioral therapy for the lasting effects now. I just don't think I have it in me to go through that again. 
even though the circumstances are wildly different this time around. The dad does know about the previous trauma, and he understands the physical and emotional toll another termination would take on me. Any words of wisdom are greatly appreciated. Please go easy on me. I am an emotional wreck. Thank you, and P.S., I'm coming to your tour later this year, so look out for a pregnant 25-year-old. So you're keeping the baby. You have said in your email multiple times that you're keeping the baby. I'm just going to do like a book report of what I've just read. When you tell me, look out for a pregnant 25-year-old, and when you tell me, you know, here's why I'm not having a termination, here's why I am in a position to look after this child, you have an amazing support network. All I hear from this email is why you can do it. That's my understanding of your email. Um, all that I can offer with regards to wisdom is that, I don't know if you saw The Duchess on Netflix, but this was a woman a lot older than you who was contemplating having a second child. And there was a time in my life when I was single and I was contemplating having a second child. And the circumstances, again, are unique for everyone. But I was asking these questions. I was saying, well, is it ethical to do that without another parental figure? Is it ethical to do that with a sperm donor? Is it ethical? Is it ethical? And it's just like... I saw a meme the other day about terminations and it just said, all right, well, let's do vasectomies for all men as a standard when they're whenever born or of like sexual maturity age because they're easily reversible. And then we'll stop the problem of unplanned pregnancy at its source. And if a man w wishes to have a child, he can have that reversed. I, I think, again, the theme of today's emails, I don't know what it is about the fucking hot weather with you girls. You're thinking so much about, oh, like, how's it going to impact him? And like, what's he going to do? It, it is down to you. And he can be involved or he can't. But ultimately, there are plenty of single mothers all around the world. There are single dads, too. But statistically, um... And just evolution and whatever else, they make a million sperm a second and we make one potentially viable egg a month. So we look after it. And if he decides to do this or that or go here or there or give you money or not or whatever, all those are variables. This is you and your life and your decision. So it's nice that you consider other people, but I would not let that lead my path, if you know what I'm saying. So just, I hope it helped to hear your email back. You do what you want to do. And plenty of people have grown up in different shapes of families, and they're perfectly healthy and happy. If what you're actually looking for from me is permission to make your own choices without being considered selfish, then you got it. And also, selfishness gets a really bad rap because if you have trauma from another termination, that is all on yourself. Who's going to deal with that? You. If you have a baby, who's going to deal with that at the end of the day? You. Maybe someone else will help. Maybe not. But you are going to be there 100%. So no decision that you make is selfish. And yes, you have permission to make any decision you like. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being supportive. Um, I always read loads of the emails. There were hundreds today. I couldn't get to them all, but I read some of the ones privately that I don't read aloud. Um, Last week, I was saying how it's rude when someone announces their pregnancy to go, I knew it. That's me, like, trying to do bits, trying to do jokes, okay? I I don't want you to misinterpret uh, my gratitude for your engagement with me. I love when people message me. You've messaged such nice things. I've never been offended for real about like, I know it. I just thought it was a funny comparison. Just trying to be a comic in lockdown, okay? Um, yeah, thank you. And if you've been through a hard time yourself, I hope that this episode illuminated some possibilities or at least some hope for you or maybe just emboldened a sense of personal advocacy for your health whatever you're going through in life thanks so much for listening i will see you next week if you'd like to email it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com bye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com